You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse on this, but iTunes is still giving us problems. So if you found us on iTunes, great. Um, if, if you're just finding us again because you were having issues, great. It's good to have you back. I'm sorry that there have been issues. We are still working with Apple to try and get this all resolved. This is an Apple problem. It is not a problem on Spotify. It's not a problem on the Odyssey app. It's not a problem on Google Podcasts or Stitcher or your Bluetooth device that that automatically connects. It is a, a specific thing to apple podcasts and i we wish they they felt a little bit more urgency to fix it um because this is going on for for some for some shows not just on lockdown but for some shows we're talking about weeks now three weeks at least so i I apologize for them even if they are not that apologetic about it Today on the show, we are going to talk about the Packers draft a little bit more, talk about the Packers types, because this draft reflects something that is particularly unique about the Packers in the way that they view the kinds of players that they prioritize in the draft. And we are going to talk about the Rodgers stuff uh, in, a, in a little bit of a tangential kind of way. Uh, we were going to start the show with that. Um, I, I do want to remind you tomorrow we have Nick Vile on the show, Packers super fan. He's going to give his thoughts on what the last you know week has been like for him and uh, see how uh, we can move forward here. I think it's always great to get Nick on every once in a while to get a fan perspective rather than, you know, most of the guests I have on are media people. And some of them are, are sort of both. You know, they are that that uh, hybrid. A lot of, of media now have the, the the luxury of being able to wear their fandom on their sleeve, which I actually think is a good thing. It's good to know where people are coming from and, and how to understand, engage where they're coming from. And, and for some people, I think it helps them be better analysts in a lot of ways. But let's start with this discussion that I wrote about for Packer Report yesterday. And irrespective of how the Aaron Rodgers saga finishes in Green Bay, whether he plays, whether he sits, or whether he's traded, it is seeming uh, increasingly unlikely he will sit. I think Green Bay is going to give him the choice. You either sit or you're going to play for us. They have been resolute that they are not going to trade him. A.J. Hawk said, look, I think he's going to play. Well, then he's going to play in Green Bay. And increasingly, I think that that is the reality of this. There is a little bit of a a kernel of a nugget of news that we're going to talk about at the end of the show um, that is related to this. But um, for our purposes here, regardless of what happens and how this plays out, Green Bay has revealed itself to be a franchise ill-equipped 
to handle the moment. And I don't just mean this specific moment. I don't just mean Aaron Rodgers and his unhappiness. I mean the moment in sports where we currently find ourselves. And the NFL, perhaps less than other sports, has not entered into that that era of player empowerment the same way that the NBA has. It has always been a game about family, about team, about compromise, about putting everyone else before yourself. But in the moment in sports that we currently find ourselves, players are given every benefit of the doubt. And in a lot of ways, they are rightfully given the power to dictate terms because the players are ultimately the ones who decide these games. They are representatives for teams and fans ultimately cheer for teams. But people buy Aaron Rodgers jerseys, people buy Tom Brady jerseys. To, they support the Bucs, but they also support Tom Brady. The people support Brett Favre, and he's a great example of this. How many fans do you know, and in this case, given the audience, maybe some older fans, <laughs> who were huge Packer fans, and when Brett Favre went to New York, they got Jets Favre jerseys, or they got Vikings Favre jerseys. I know a decent amount of people like that who did that. Because after a long enough time, your allegiance is to the player. Quarterbacks in particular are so vital to your organization. You have to be able to manage these personalities. And this is something that teams have struggled with from time immemorial. John Elway won back-to-back Super Bowls at the end of his career. And he still had a a contentious relationship with Mike Shanahan at the end. Tom Brady won six Super Bowls with the Patriots and left, dipped out, said, I can't be here anymore, and goes to Tampa Bay. This is not new stuff. But we saw Brett Favre go through this. There are There is going to be contentious moments. And in some ways, you know, you just sort of say, okay, that's, that's the price of doing business with these elite level players. But so much of this was avoidable. It would have been very easy for management to have gone to Aaron Rodgers when Alex Van Pelt was fired and said, hey, um, and he wasn't fired. Remember, his contract was not extended. It was, he wants to find other opportunities. We're going to allow him to do that. At least that's how it was pitched to us publicly. You have to be able to go to Aaron and say, We don't think this is the best fit anymore. It's not the best thing for the team. He wants to explore some other opportunities, so we are going to let him do that. Just that ability to have some input is vital. He wanted a heads up about Jordy Nelson. Would it have been worse if you tell him and and then you still do it anyway? And he says, no, yeah, maybe. But you have to be able to have those discussions. And the Jordan Love thing You have to be able to go to your quarterback and you have to trust your quarterback and your quarterback has to be mature enough and professional enough to understand, hey, we're going to draft a quarterback or if we draft a quarterback, it is not a reflection on you. It is a reflection of how the board falls. We're looking at these guys and we're always planning for the future. And so, you know, if we take someone, understand we are committed to you for as long as our contracts or we are committed to you as long as you play well. 
you know, there are, there are ways to finesse it. You don't, you don't necessarily have to, to lie. We are committed to you forever. No, he knows that's not true, presumably. And to be in this moment, I think speaks to an organizational failure, a cultural failure where players play, coaches coach, and personnel people, personnel people. It's just not tenable anymore. The coach can't be in the dark about picking Jordan Love. Not when he has to go into the meeting rooms every day to talk to Aaron Rodgers, to put together a game plan, to earn that guy's trust so that in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, he's not changing Matt LaFleur's plays. That everyone is pulling on the rope in the same direction. You, you're undercutting your coach by not letting him be a part of those decisions. Especially a coach who in two years has done nothing but rebuild your program, bring you back to prominence, and been 26-6 and six in the regular season. So as I look at this team, I see a structure that doesn't work. Mark Murphy does not seem to be the sort of conciliary the the proper go-between when it comes to management and the players. Bob Harlan had a deft touch with this stuff. He This would never have happened if Bob Harlan were still the president. And you remember reports of things like Mark Murphy being over this diva shit. That was the exact quote. And telling Aaron Rodgers, don't be the problem. Now, of course, Mark Murphy denied that he said that. And if I recall correctly, Aaron Rodgers denied that Mark Murphy said that. But of course, neither of them want that to be on record because it makes them both look bad. If you're the quarterback whose president has to say that, you look like a child. And if you are the president saying that, you kind of look like a prick. That's just the reality. But I trust the reporting on that. So here's my solution. Okay, and maybe it's not enough to fix what has been broken here. But Aaron Rodgers is not happy with Brian Gutekunst. Clearly thinks he's Jerry Krause from the Chicago debacle at the end of the Bulls, but also he of six championship rings, right? He won a lot of titles. So we want to clown on Jerry Krause. That's fine. But he's got six rings. Brian Gutekunst does not. And as GM, he has zero. Here's my thought. I think Brian Gutekunst has shown himself to be a deft personnel evaluator. He has handled his duties as general manager in terms of building a roster with a plum. And he has put together a very good roster back-to-back seasons, overhauled this roster in 2018, and built what is, I think, top to bottom as strong a roster as the NFL has. But what you need to do is avoid these situations in the future. And so I had initially, you know, I talked to some people and said, you know, what if you just elevate LaFleur, fire Goody, and let LaFleur pick a new GM? I can understand why that would be a bridge too far. So what if you did it this way? In this case, you pair this action with, you know, whatever top of market contract you want to give to Aaron Rodgers, because I think ultimately he wants the deal done. He wants to get paid. He wants to get the respect. And he wants some sort of conciliatory effort by the team. So you elevate LaFleur, you give him control of the 53, final final say on personnel, which is a de facto demotion from Brian Gutekinds because he doesn't have that. And he already, Gutekinds doesn't, have the say to hire and fire the coach. 
So he becomes essentially John Lynch. Rather than letting Goody go, fire him, and replace him with maybe someone else who's as good, maybe, he's, he so far seems like a good GM. You keep him, tail between his legs a little bit, you concede a little to Rodgers, and you empower your head coach, who has shown to be an excellent leader and, I would say, a pretty good evaluator of talent, a pretty good developer of talent, and someone who has built bridges. He has earned Aaron Rodgers' trust. That is no easy feat. And so you're elevating someone who you think you can handle these situations moving forward, that if this crops up again, you trust Matt LaFleur to handle it. If it crops up with another player, you trust Matt LaFleur to handle it because LaFleur seems like he's going to be here for a long time. The equity that he has built in just these two seasons seems like it could carry him for the next decade. And so if that's the case, empower him now. You can cut Goody's legs out a little bit as sort of a slap on the wrist. He has not handled this through the last two years perfectly either. There is no real way to have any sort of accountability for Mark Murphy because there's no owner. So unless the board wants to vote to replace Mark Murphy, and they might, I mean, they might. That seems unlikely, but they might. Then he's going he's gonna to stay in his position. Now, if he wants to create a little bit more accountability for himself, there really is no way to do that. And, and not even really in a symbolic way, which is weird. To me, this is a good way to go forward, a good potential compromise for your quarterback. Hey, here's the big contract, and LaFleur is going to be more in charge than ever before. We're downgrading Goody. We're not going to fire him because in five years, he's going to be here and you're not. And you have to understand that part of it. And let's move forward and try and win a couple of Super Bowls. That's got to be the pitch. And I think for, for both sides, that's a win-win. And, and regardless of what happens with Rodgers, if he wants to sit, if they want to trade him, I think it's something that could benefit Green Bay in the long run because it's not going to be the last time that there's this disconnect. Plus, you want to empower a coach that you believe in to be a bigger part of the personnel process here without having to make him GM like Mike Sherman. And I think Matt LaFleur so far looks like he's earned that right to say, hey, I want to be a bigger part of the process here. All right, Packer fans, listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling a free testosterone booster at GNC, and they are offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels to increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat and Incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. That's right. Text draft to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. So leading up to the draft, um, I would get questions from people occasionally that were like, well, how do you know that Green Bay has a type? How do we know, you know, this is just, you're just making this up. Okay. Okay. Let's just go through the draft because 
honestly, it's a little hysterical. So if you're unfamiliar with the website Mock Draftable, they put together, they have cataloged the physical measurements of basically every player who's been measured either at the combine or in the NFL over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And so when someone tests or someone is measured, they are put in the database and they use, you know, an algorithm. I assume it's not that difficult. And they get a comparable athletic profile. And so you put in, you know, if I put in Peter Bukowski, they would put in, you know, I'd be in the zero, zeroth percentile of all the things, um, at least athletically. Um, my size would probably be the best thing I have going for me. And you'd get to see, okay, he is 65% like, you know, pick a punter probably. I'm most closely to a punter or kicker. So understanding that basic knowledge, let's go through this draft class because the draft class is hilarious. Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes, one of the top Athletic comps for Eric Stokes from Mock Draftable is Kyle Fuller, a player the Packers tried to sign twice and who plays best in this Vic Fangio style of defense that we think Joe Barry is bringing to Green Bay. Also on this list, Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best guys in football, someone who can play man-to-man and played a ton of quarters with those two safety looks in New Orleans, very similar to what Green Bay is going to do. It is not a coincidence that those guys are on his athletic profile. Okay, Josh Myers, second round pick. The number one most similar offensive lineman in the mock draftable database to Josh Myers is Cole Madison. Cole Madison, a Green Bay Packer, well, a former Green Bay Packer, And the number two most similar player at any position is James Looney, who was a Packers draft pick, a defensive lineman who they turned into a tight end. These are Packers types. And yeah, Josh Myers, all he has is basically um, height, weight, uh, I believe bench press, and then arm size, you know, those kinds of measurements. Still, the fact that number one is a Packer and at offensive line and number two at any position is a Packer speaks to how this team is consistent with their process. Okay, Amari Rogers on his list, Robert Woods. Guess what? Robert Woods, slot receiver in LA, run after catch type, someone who could be that receiver screen and around player for LA and also get down the field. That's what Amari Rodgers is going to be in this Packers offense. Also on his athletic comparables list, Kylan Hill, who the Packers drafted in the seventh round. So even though he's not, you know, the size speed guy they normally look for at receiver to someone Matt LaFleur coached in a role very similar to one Rodgers is going to play and another player that they took. Okay, this one just made me laugh. Rice Newman, fourth round pick. Rice Newman, his top offensive tackle comparable 
is Brian Bulaga. Brian Bulaga. Short arms. Okay, cool. Brian Bulaga had short-ish arms for a tackle. Also on the list, John Dietzen, who the Packers signed as a UDFA this year from Wisconsin. And, and his number one athletic comp at any position is TJ Slayton, the Packers' fifth round pick. So, I mean, are we starting to sense a trend here? They have a type. They have a type. And by the way, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. The most comparable defensive tackle to TJ Slayton in the mock draftable database is Kyrie Thornton. Packers pick. Also on the list, Mike Pennell. Also on the list, Montrevious Adams. Okay. All, I mean, there aren't that many players on the list. It's like an eight-person list, a six-person list, and three of them are Packers. I mean, that if that is not proof that they have a specific type of player that they like. Now, look, Montrevious Adams didn't, didn't develop the way that they hoped. A lot of that was injury. Kerry Thornton just didn't have the talent, didn't have the juice, and, and, and it was clear from basically the get-go that he couldn't play. But Mike Pennell was a nice rotation player for Green Bay and turned into a very useful player for Kansas City. In fact, he keyed the, the improvement of their run defense in their Super Bowl run. Hopefully, TJ Slayton can avoid some of the off-the-field pitfalls that Mike Pennell uh, got involved in. But he's a type. He is a very clear type. Shamar Jean Charles. Guess who's on his list? Quentin Rollins. Quentin Rollins. Now, Quentin Rollins, a little bit of an athletic outlier for Green Bay, but they love the ball skills. They love the, the multi-sport versatility that he had. And if you add all DBs, Will Redmond joins the list. Will Redmond. So, okay, backup corner, potential safety type. Isn't that what we said when we, when we talked about Shamar Jean Charles? Potential slot who could be a nickel safety? Guess what? Potential slot and a nickel safety on his athletic profile. The list goes on. Cole Van Lennon, J.C. Treader, a top three athletic comp for offensive tackles. He moved inside. Cole Van Lennon is moving inside. We're not done. We're not done. Isaiah McDuffie. Guess who's on his list? Jake Ryan. Now, McDuffie is a little bit more athletic. Jake Ryan a little bit bigger. But athletically, they are similar. This last one I love. So Kylan Hill, remember Amari Rogers was, was had him on his list. Now, Kylan Hill does not have a Packer on his list. But he has Chris Thompson on his list. Chris Thompson is a running back who played for Matt LaFleur in Washington. So every player the Packers drafted either has an athletic doppelganger who at some point in recent history played for Green Bay or fits the profile of the kind of player they want in either their offense or their defense. In the case of Eric Stokes, it was the defense. Kyle Fuller in the Vic Fangio scheme. In the case of Amari Rodgers, it was Robert Woods in Matt LaFleur's offense, who he coached. 
And in the case of Kylan Hill, Chris Thompson, who Matt LaFleur also coached, though not directly. There can be no question about Green Bay's preferences. They have a type and they stick to it. And there are some good names on that list and there are some bad names. If Isaiah McDuffie is Jake Ryan, it's a home run day three pick. If Kylan Hill is Chris Thompson, it is a home run seventh run pick. And of course, if Eric Stokes is Kyle Fuller, if Eric Stokes is Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, that's a grand slam. If Cole Van Lannan is J.C. Treader, I mean, J.C. Treader is like a Pro Bowl caliber center. So even if, you know, let's say Josh Myers becomes Cole Madison, okay, well, Cole Van Lannan could be J.C. Treader. Who knows? J.C. Treader was also a late round pick. So there's you have to take the good with the bad in this case because they look for a specific type. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. If you could get, you know, whatever the, the DB mix of, of a healthy Quentin Rollins, remember he tore his Achilles, he was the more impressive corner early than Demarius Randall. Never forget, Josh Jackson was also the more impressive corner early than Jair Alexander. Let there be no more questions about Packers type. This draft absolutely solidifies it. And guess what? This draft was a good draft. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager online. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can get all the action at Bet Online. Hockey, we're about to get playoff hockey, which is as fun as sports gets. Playoff hockey is, okay, I was going to say it's the best. It may, may not be the best, but it is incredibly entertaining so why not throw a little money on it and make it even more entertaining before the next pitch before the next puck drop go over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game go to the website now or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on you go in Sign up. It's free. You put money in, use the promo code locked on, and they will match that first deposit up to 50%. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, the best way to buy car parts online. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Did you know this? I didn't know this. Some places charge different prices if you're a professional mechanic versus if you're a do-it-yourselfer. And in some cases, it's up to twice as much. Why get swindled like that? RockAuto.com has a catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. So this is interesting. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it's worth saying. John Kuhn, who now works for the Packers in a media capacity, says he spoke with Aaron Rodgers. And this is the clearest ask yet because remember for a long time we were like what does Rodgers want I don't get it Rodgers told Kuhn 
that what he wants is to is to play for the Packers until he's 40. He wants to be assured that he will be a Packer until he's 40 and that it may take some extreme measures to get there. I would I would consider saying you're not coming back or that you're going to retire or that you're going to host Jeopardy or that you want to be traded as extreme measures for sure. Kuhn said Rodgers has, quote, absolutely not ruled out a return to Green Bay and, in fact, put the chances at that happening at a robust 70%. This is the most positive sign yet that there is reconciliation on the table. Now we have a clear picture of this. What Rodgers wants, according to John Kuhn, is financial security for three years. You're going to be our starter for the next three years. Also, by the way, Three years is not entirely outside of the Jordan Love timeline because though Green Bay would have to decide on his option before that, presumably they will know by then if he can play. And if they don't know by then if he can play, guess what? He can't, right? You you better know. They're going to know, I think, this year. By the end of this season, if he is not, okay, yeah, we feel good about it, then you're screwed. He can't play. And the good news for you is Aaron Rodgers wants to play three more years. So the hope now is that this was all overblown always, that the media just took it and ran with it. And I mean those reporting it because everyone else is just taking their cues. And Aaron Rodgers has not said anything publicly to help us understand his side of it. This has all been through leaks and drips and drabs. This is still workable. And I have said from the beginning, I think that this is going to get worked out. They're going to give him his money and we're going to move forward. Hopefully in six, eight, 10 weeks, we're just going to go back and remember, hey, remember that two week span when the world just lost its mind? LOL. Remember when the Bears thought that they were going to have the best team? LOL. I I think we are moving in that direction. And and to get that news the same day we hear Rodgers is clowning uh, the, the GM in group texts. Yeah, it seems like that's that's a nice positive sign as we move forward here. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. And hey, guess what? I host it. So I would love it if you would check that out. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers. 